operation had been unnecessary, and that the main item on the agenda had been shelved because of it. She did not answer my grin, but she shook her head and said, That Mr. Hastings... It was as open a demonstration of sympathy as office etiquette allowed, and I was grateful for it. All the same, you should not have to be grateful for your staff's sympathy, even the sympathy of an old warrior like Miss Tomlinson... I was halfway back to my room before I remembered the bottle-maker's dinner. One of the curiosities of working for a trade association was the programme of annual mutual entertainment. It was a perquisite, or a cross, as you chose to look at it. The way I looked at it varied from time to time, not according to the occasion, because each occasion was exactly like every other, but according to the way I was feeling. Every association had to have its annual celebration, either a luncheon or a dinner, You dragooned your members into buying enough tickets to make the thing financially respectable, and you invited your own guests, who did not have to pay for their meal. The guests included the secretary or director, or whatever he called himself, of any other trade association which invited you to its dinner. The thing was self-perpetuating, so long as you did not ruin your digestion or lose too many members. It was also quite startlingly monotonous. There were only one or two places in London to cater for a great many associations, and the ritual was as firmly established as the rites of the church. There was also, for obvious reasons, the same hard core of professional guests. The difficulty was to remember whose dinner it was, not that that mattered, so long as it was not your own. I was glad of the bottle-maker's dinner. It gave me an excuse not to go home, which might involve thinking too many hard and unprofitable thoughts about Mr. Hastings. Also, it gave me the chance to get very discreetly, but adequately, drunk at someone else's expense. I have never been able to get drunk on my own, and I should in any case grudge the expense. But if you knew your way around as well as I naturally did, you could get a surprising amount of solid drinking done on these occasions without being too visibly dedicated to this sole purpose. If you did enough drinking before the meal, the meal itself, not to speak of the wine served with it, and the speeches that came after it, was hardly noticeable, and this too was desirable, even to the most case-hardened of us. I had my dinner jacket in a suitcase, and as I put it on in the deserted washroom, I achieved a sort of savage festivity. Tomorrow would be awful, but no worse than tomorrow always was. Tonight, I was going to get drunk on the bottle-maker's. The washroom had a faintly chemical smell from the liquid detergent over the basins and the stuff the cleaners used in the water closets. The windows did open a bit, but even outside there was only the used London air, which could not make much difference. I took the smell for granted now. It was part of the life I went on living, like my feelings for Mr. Hastings and my headache on Friday nights. I packed my office clothes into the suitcase and looked at my face in the glass over the middle basin. Even now, it did not take very much to make it look pretty dashing. All the mechanics of gaiety were still available, only they needed a pretty sharp outside stimulus to set them going. Whether they gained piquancy from the underlying despair, I was in no position to judge. The despair was too real to be traded on. I smiled gaily at myself in the basin mirror, and then, after considering the effect for a moment, smiled gaily back. I was all right still. It was the world that was wrong. Give me a new world, and I could charm the birds off the trees. That was all I wanted.
a new world. I picked up my suitcase and went downstairs to find a taxi. The bottle makers did me very well. The guests' anteroom was bigger than usual and allowed plenty of room for manoeuvre. I drifted pleasantly from group to group, always one jump ahead of the man going round with the charged glasses. At some stage later, I short-circuited the thing by simply pulling up next to the table where the whisky was. There was a friendly chap on duty, and it was not his whisky. I was looking vaguely for Hallam. He was another sad one, and he knew my Mr. Hastings. I thought I would tell Hallam about the executive committee meeting, making a good story of it, but getting it off my chest all the same. Hallam would say, The bastard! And I should get the feeling, for a moment, that I was looking down on Mr. Hastings from a very long way off, even in Hallam's company. Hallam had rimless glasses, and the sort of cute...